Morning, City Lights. Um, yeah, it's, it's really a privilege to, to be speaking to you um, this morning. And I, what I love about this church is there's always new people, there's always new hands going up, which is, which is a bit about what I'm going to talk on. And I really felt the message today is so central to the heart of God. It's so much of what God has purposed His church to do. And it's about a people on mission for Him. I think uh, we had an elders meeting uh, a while back, and one of the one of the visions and the pictures on the on the elders meeting was that us as a church, City Lights, and a, and the church worldwide is uh, is almost like a, an aircraft carrier going into a, a battle zone, going into an area, and the whole purpose of that aircraft carrier is to go into a place and deploy planes, and I think. For us as the church, it's such a good picture for, for us. We don't do church to look good. We don't do church to have a nice looking ship or looking base. It's really the whole purpose of everything we do is to be sending people on mission, send ourselves on mission. And Jesus confirms that. He says, we are the church. The people in this place are the church. It's not a building. It's not a place. So I think that picture is so good for us to understand that we do church not for ourselves here in this little environment as much as, it, as, much as we, we get out of it. It's for the world. It's for outside of these walls. Um, so one thing we need to understand is this Christian life, it isn't lived in formulas. It isn't lived in rules. It's lived in relationship. And the call to love and, and get on this assignment of love is such a human one. It's, it's sort of in everybody. This, um, we, we call to love and have compassion on people. We call to open ourselves up to people so that they might meet Christ. And I think that's the call on every Christian's life is to open ourselves up to people, engage with people so that they meet Christ, so that they experience Christ and come into a saving knowledge of Him. So that's where we're going, to, that's where we're going today. We, we're a church on a mission, and it's part of our vision of who we are as City Lights. Um, the wonderful thing about Christianity is it doesn't call us to empty ourselves of... It doesn't call us to to empty ourselves of, of what we've already got. It calls us to find ourselves in a bigger purpose. And God says we were designed for this. We were actually designed to be this way. We're designed to, to help people, to touch people in areas which, which are so needed in the world. So it doesn't call us to, to give up our gifts, our talents, our personalities, but it calls us to use those gifts, per, talents, and personalities in a unique calling for God. There's a unique calling on everybody's life in this place, and there's a unique way that God wants your mission to look in your areas that you are in, of influence. So what I really want to talk on today is the simple, mes- the simple message of a people on mission. I think Jesus was so, so clear and simple on what this message should look like, what this mission should be. And how many of you know, as Christians, we sometimes like to complicate something which is very simple. We try and overanalyze it. It's almost like the paralysis of analysis type thing. But all I want to do today is just show you very clearly from Scripture. It would have been Scripture you've heard so many times before, but just the mission and the heart of God for this. Um, yeah, so if, you, if you're taking notes, the, the title of, of 
the sermon is a people on mission. It's, it's the number three in the right, the future vision we've got. And we're just continuing on that. Is, it's our vision of City Lights is to be a missional church. So if you take, if, if you can please turn to your Bibles to Luke 10 verse 25. We're going to start with a scripture. You see, Jesus' heart is for people, you, me, everyone outside of these walls. I think the whole character of Christ can be summed up in reference to ourselves as he, he was so moved by love and compassion. He was so moved by love and compassion that he, he created, he started a restoration process for us to join in, to restore him to us. And I think we are all on that journey of restoring people, restoring ourselves, and restoring people. And I think it's such a wonderful picture that God is restoring himself to us um, through, through Jesus and through the Word. So in Luke 10, verse 25, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, in context, in, back in the day, an expert in the law was someone who dedicated his life to the law of God. And in, in the Jewish culture, if you were, the law of God was considered the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, yes. Okay, so, so, so this guy would have dedicated his whole life. He would have known every word of every book off by heart. I struggled with five. But this guy, he would almost be the one who who could decide on some lawful matters, who would be a judge, if you know what I mean. So we call him a, it, it's, it says there, an expert in the law. So he would almost be like a judge type thing. But when Jesus came across him, he decided to test Jesus because he wanted to find something in Jesus' ministry which didn't add up to what the law said. So when he, was, when he asked Jesus this next question, he says... It was obviously a, a hugely debated one. He said, Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies with a question. What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. So here Jesus gets him to answer the question, exactly what's in the law. But now he almost feels like he's a little bit cornered. He's, he hasn't got what he wanted to get out of, what, out of that situation with, with, with Jesus' exchange. So he wanted to justify himself. Now, if, if we were to apply that law to everyone, loving, love your neighbor as yourself, loving God with everything you have, everybody falls short. Everybody, instead of him taking the approach of saying, oh, well, who can ever get eternal life? We all fall short of that. He took on the state where he wanted to justify himself now. So he says to, so he says to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus decides to tell him the parable. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place 
and saw him, and he passed by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity. He had compassion on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. Then Jesus says this, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert replied, The one who had mercy on him. Now, note he didn't say the Samaritan. Now, what is so interesting in this little parable that Jesus um, has just, has just um, told this, this guy is that it, it's such a great picture of what Jesus' ministry is for us. I think if we can see in its context, him using a Samaritan man to do this for a Jew was really offensive to, to, this, to this guy. Now, in, the, in those days, a Samaritan was viewed by Jews as a half-breed nation, as a nation they wanted nothing to do. Uh, a Jew would never, would never associate himself with a Samaritan. He wouldn't talk to him. He wouldn't be seen with him. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be seen... As part, of, as part of that culture. They believed that they had corrupted the word of God and for that they were, they were outcasts. They'd moved their place of worship from Jerusalem to another place and they, they just couldn't stand anything that was to do with the Samaritans. So when Jesus uses the Samaritan as the guy who helps the Jew on the road, it's really offensive to him because a Jew would never, ever, ever help a Samaritan in this. So he's exposed his heart. He's exposed his heart as loving a neighbor already. So he's, he's almost saying, no, this law is too perfect for you already. But outside of that, if you look at the picture of that, the Samaritan is helping, helping a Jew, is helping someone who hates him, who hates the very being of who he is. He's hate, he hates what he stands for. He hates what, what he is. And isn't that such a good picture of Jesus when he died for us? While we were at our worst, Jesus came forth. Jesus came to us, and he had love and compassion of us. He was moved by love and compassion for us. And I think it's such a, it's such a go, great picture. And then I love what the last, what the last um, word that Jesus says. He says, he, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So he's almost telling this guy there's something he would never want to do. He says, go and do likewise. Go and show love. Go and show compassion to the world. And that's what I really want to base my message around today. Um, you see, one thing, we need to, one, one thing we need to answer is the same question that he said, in the, he said there. He says, who is my neighbor? Is it the people in my church? Is it the people in my community group? Is it the people physically in my area? And I think God clearly demonstrates and has shown us that it's anyone that God brings across your path. Just look at Jesus', Jesus ministry. There seemed to be no order to God's miracles, to God's, God's, um, God's ministry. He would be going from town to town, and along the way, as he's halfway, he would be met by someone who was in huge need. 
And it was almost like he, he, he lived it out, see a need, meet a need. And it was that simple. He would see something wrong and do something about it. And I think that is where, that is the heart of who God is. You see, he, he didn't fence himself off. He didn't go on the other side of the road. Jesus engaged with people. He engaged with the world's problems. And I think he's called every Christian to do the same, engage with people, get into those tough situations with people, and bring God's, God's healing. I mean, just look at his ministry and how he had such love and compassion on on so many, the woman with the bleeding issue, he had such love and compassion. The cripples he came across, the, uh, the Roman centurion servant who he had compassion on them and by faith he was healed. The, the lady who was caught in adultery, I mean, he dealt with that with such love and such compassion. And then I loved what it said and what we're going to talk on now is he, he kept mentioning leprosy in in the Bible. He's, he'd almost so heal the sick and heal the lepers, but that's the same thing. But I think the reason why he was, he was saying that separately is because if you see leprosy on the... That is what a typical someone with leprosy would look like back in the day. I mean, these guys were the social outcasts. They weren't allowed to be within six feet of any human being. They were, live, they were to be separate from everybody. They had to live in leper colonies. They had absolutely no rights. You're talking about the low of lows. And it's a transferable disease. So no one would be touching them. No one would be engaging with them. But Jesus says this. He says, heal the lepers. He says, go to the lepers Part of his ministry was healing so many lepers. It was physically touching lepers who, were, who had trans, uh, trans, transferable disease. And he even tells his disciples, he says, go and heal the lepers. Go and engage with the lowest of the lows. And I think if we, if we take that into our contest, it's engage with the undesirable. Engage with those who the world has left behind. You see, so I think what we need to do is, is define what compassion is. What is compassion? Compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. Basically, it's seeing a need, meeting a need. And that's, that's, how, that's how simple it is. And I think... God, this is so, so much on God's heart. I think God craves for us to have the same heart as he did. He craves for us to have the same compassion that he did. It says in, in Psalm 37 verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, if we, if we take that into its context, if we're delighting ourselves in God, we are, we are getting to the heart of God. We're getting to what really is in his heart. Our heart is changed to what is in his heart. And naturally, the desires of our heart is to see the unbroken, to see the broken become unbroken. It is to change situations. It's to, to, to heal. It's to, it's to wind up the broken into, into, yeah, there's just so much that God's ministry was about bringing heaven to earth, light to darkness, and I think that's what God is calling us to as a Christian, as, a, as individuals, but also as a body of, of the church. So this is Jesus' mission for us on church. We need to get to a place 
where we are empowered by Jesus to bring his hope, his life to a world which desperately need it. He says in John 14 verse 12, he says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Greater things than even Jesus did because he's going to the Father? I mean, that, that's such a commission for us. That's such a commission individually. That is a call to action. That's an empowering. That's saying, believe and receive. Believe and go out and do what I... He's giving us a call. You see, just look at God's heart for this. He says in Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38... He says, Then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies, healed their bruised and hurt lives. What a great mission picture that is. He was preparing his disciples for this at that stage, of spreading the word, being a, being a, being a global changer. When he looked out over the crowd, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like a sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to, the, he said to his disciples. How few workers. On your knees and pray for harvest hands. Another version says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I, I just love, what, love the picture of that, is, is God is looking over a mass of people who've come to, to hear it, and his heart breaks for them. His heart says, just, there's so much need. There's so many people who just need it so desperately. They're broken. But I am here for such a limited time. There's so many more that I won't be able to get to. And he's saying, I'm praying for harvest hands. I love that picture, he says. It's, it's, it's almost like He's giving them an agricultural term. He's saying it's like crops at the end of the season. And that's such a wonderful imagery because crops at the end of the season need to be harvested. They can't be, they can't be left to die. And it's, it's almost like there's a rush. There's, there's people who are so ready to hear the word of God. There's people who are so willing. But how can they hear if they have not been told? How can they be healed if they have not been prayed for? Um, Another, one, another thing I wrote is, how can they receive if they have not been told? It's just, it's just there's a call on our lives to, to go and do God's mission. It says, what happens to crops if nobody tends to them? You see, there's this great harvest that we are part of. Straight after talking about this, the next verse, in Matthew 10, he says, go rather to the, he's, he now sends out his, his disciples. He says, listen, I'm going to give you the authority and I'm going to send you out to people to do what I am doing because that is my heart. He says, he sends out his 12 apostles, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, Drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. I mean, it can't be more plain than that. Then he, straight after that, the next verse, he sends out his 12, he sends out his 72. So then he sends out more. He says, go and do what I'm doing. You've been trained, you've seen me, this is your call. And here, the, the, 
the 72 come back. So they've been given the same call as the disciples. He says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. You see, God was asking them to release the bondage. Be open with what you have. Give out, freely give. You see, invade the broken, invade the hurting. Go change God because this is his mission call. Bring heaven to earth. You know? Then... I loved what Starla spoke on last um, a couple of weeks back. She, she spoke on the difference between being a consumer Christian and a contributor. And how, as a consumer Christian, we do church for ourselves. We do church so that we are comfortable. We do church so that we are looked after. And there's that different call to, uh, to, to, to do church for others. And it's in that, doing it for others, is that we find... Our, we find ourselves, we find ourselves in God's calling for us. We find our purpose, we find our meaning. And I think it's just such, it's such a radical shift. You know, instead of being self-absorbed Christians, we're almost saying, okay, this is, this, is, this is where we come and get trained. This is where we are together to, to learn, to, to do what we need to do together, to build each other up so that we can be launched out. It's not the four walls, church. Church is you and me, and you are the church. When you are the light, when you go out, out to the city. Okay, and then from there, so we sent out the 72, and then at the end, the resurrected Jesus. So Jesus has come back. He's, he now gives that same commission that he gave to the 12, the 72, He's given it to everybody who now becomes a believer. In Matthew 28, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the followers of Jesus change the world and continue to change the world and we need to still be on that mission imagine imagine they didn't do it guys we wouldn't we wouldn't be sitting here right now we wouldn't have this hope and we are called to bring this hope to this world you know and when people don't know what their mission is it's so simple just let's start let's start what our mission we all have unique mission fields but our starting point is our starting point is the kingdom of heaven is near. Proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Let's, let's be an open book. What if we actually believed that for ourselves? What if we actually had a little bit of faith, as what Dan spoke about last week, and believed that for ourselves? What if we actually put ourselves in situations where... God had to come through. Otherwise, we, we, you know, I think we call to put ourselves in these dark situations. We call to, to put ourselves in a place where 
God has to come through for us. It's not us, it's God. And he's just calling us to partner with him in all these things. So I love what, um, I love, I love what, what was spoken a while back as well. He says, yes, we put ourselves in these situations and you may fail, but try again, try again, try again. I loved what the story of Heidi Baker, who's, it's, it's Mozambique, right? Yeah, she's in Mozambique, and I mean, countless miracles, blind eyes opening like ridiculous numbers. And you ask her, and her story is all about, you know what, for the longest time she didn't see breakthrough, but she didn't stop. All those people, if she had stopped, would still be blind today. And I think that's the call on us is, you know, be vulnerable. Open up to open up to the things that we, we Lord, I don't feel like I'm equipped for this. Lord, I, I can't do this. Well, have you tried? Have you stepped out? Have you, have you put yourself in a situation once? Oh, come on. You think you're going to get it after once? If it was easy, why, why are we doing this? Okay, there's almost like that building of the faith. There's that perseverance. There's that continuing, continuing, continuing. So I've come to my one and only point for the message, (laughs) is we cannot have impact without contact. It's it's so simple. It's, It's all about do we isolate ourselves? Do we serve ourselves? Or are we outward focused? You see, this is really not a message of condemnation. It's not a message to make you feel bad because we all fall short. No doubt every one of us falls short in this mission. But it's a challenge to ourselves. It's like this is the heart of God. Let's step out. Let's step out in these areas and let's be these changes which God has been speaking about. It's, you know, I think we need to ask ourselves some questions. What what situation has God placed me in? What is in my hands at the moment? Who is in my life? What does my unique mission field look like? And I think if we can start asking ourselves these questions, we can start identifying and being aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Actually, I've been placed in this situation. I could be a light here. Actually, you know, this person's in my life... I don't want to talk to him because he looks like he might judge me. But, I mean, isn't that that the call of God on our lives? So in Matthew 5, verse 13 and 16 in the message, it talks about salt and light. It says, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. You see, guys, we need to understand, what does salt do? Now, if you're a cook or anything, salt is good. Salt brings flavor. Everything is better with salt. Okay? And not only does it bring out the natural flavors of things, it also preserves, it stops things from going off. It stops things from rotting. But here's the key thing. Salt is only effective if it comes out of the shaker, if it touches what it's intended to touch. You know, and I think that's, that needs to be the key on, on everything. Then Jesus goes on, he says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing, the God colors in, bringing out the God colors in the world. 
God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. And I love this. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You see, guys, it's in our name. It's in our vision. We are city lights. This is a city lights community. It, it's, it's who we are. And I think God reminded me, have you ever been in a really, really dark room? And there's a little appliance on in the corner. And it's a little red light or a little green light that's insignificant. But because of that tiny little light, you can see things in the room. And it's almost like God is saying, that's how effective that little light is. We call to be a spotlight. We call to be a lighthouse church, giving light and putting light into dark, dark situations, rubbing shoulders with people who, who, who really need that touch of light. I love what Chris Vallotton said. He says, dark will remain dark unless touched by light. You see, we're here to guide people into the hope and life and love of Jesus. Without him, there is little, little hope. There is little hope in some people's situations. And it's a, there's almost like this deep, deep desire and heart of God for us to be the change, be the people who go into those situations and bring the light. Can I call up the band, please? <clears throat> So, I, th I guess where I'm going is, is it's a call to, for us not to isolate ourselves, but to infiltrate situations. It's, we need to stop closing ourselves off from our neighbors, and we need to get out to do the work that Jesus is calling us to do. We need to rub shoulders with people, show them the love of Jesus, and have compassion on them, on hurting people, people who don't know Him. I mean... We're engaging the world's problems with the ultimate goal of leading them to Christ. You see, I love what it said earlier. It said, by opening, your, by opening yourself up to others, you'll prompt people to open themselves up with God. There's that call on everyone's life is to just share, what does Jesus mean to you? What, what has Jesus done for you? What, what testimony do you have of His goodness? What testimony have you got of who he is, what healings have you seen to share people and to engage with people because all God needs sometimes is a simple seed. Uh, you don't need to be the one to see it flourish, but it's almost like a simple seed laid uh, for God and let God do the work in his heart. Let God do the things that need to be done in his heart. We're just the means. We're just an open-ended type of people. We're just we receive, we give. We receive, we give. That's why we're here. We're receiving, we're going to give. And I think that's the call and the vision and the future of City Lights and, and every church in the, in the world. It's never about a place. You see, I once, heard it say, I once heard the saying that we must always preach the gospel and sometimes use words. 
You know, it's, it's almost like our lives have to just be so full with God that, that situations change by us just being in that presence, us just being there. And I think it's such a call on, on, on God's heart is for us to be intentional in, in what we do, intentional in who we are. You see, we, we don't need to be perfect. I'm not saying we need to be perfect. But all we need to do is, is have a simple faith and willing to be bold enough to step out of the boat and see God move in situations. And I think that is, that is the call on every Christian, um, everyone who, who knows Christ as, 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 their son, as their Savior. So I just feel we're going to move into a, a bit of a time of ministry. I, I, I really feel like there's people in this place who, who may have just sort of lost their mission call in life. There's people in this place who, who have wandered, who have gone a bit astray from their mission. They might, you might not even understand what your mission looks like anymore. You might not know what my purpose is in this place. You might be so confused as to what God is calling me in, into my unique purpose. And I really want to give you an opportunity. Um, can, can we all stand? If, if that's you, I just ask that, that you'd come forward and just, just receive. It's not about us, it's not about us praying for, for things. It's just about you sort of recognizing that, listen, God, I, I have something on my life which I'm ready to give. I, I'm not walking in it at the moment, but I really want to. I really want to release myself into this authority you've given. So, I'd like to call you up. If that's, if that's you, can you just make your way forward? And the second one I, I really felt God say what he wants us to do is, is if there's physical healing, if there's people who, who need a physical touch from God, a healing touch in their bodies, there's, there's something that's, that's, that's gone wrong in your body and that you don't understand it, you don't know, but it is debilitating. It's, it's really on your mind. And I just feel like God's calling us to be a church which heals, a church which, which engages with these problems and walks it through with you. So we're going to have leaders up at the front as well. If, if you'd like to come forward, that will be great. We're going to really just have a time of worship, a time of, of singing. Um, yeah, and please just feel free to come forward and we'll, we'll minister to you as and when, I think.